This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Well, we're up 3-1 because of the power play. So when you take the power play out of that, uh, yeah, that, that's the only reason. I, 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 that's as, uh, as soft a 5-on-5 game as we've played all year. That's not us at all. So uh, that didn't even look like the Winnipeg Jets out there. But you know what? You flush it, and uh, we're going to get ready for tomorrow. Enthusiasm, Jim Toth. Excitement. Ecstasy. 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 Euphoria. Euphoria. Huge win over the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, yeah. It was riding high. Oh, boy. Saddle up. We're going to Calgary. Oh, their worst game Son of the season. Of a, is my horse dead? <laughs> their worst game. Did my horse die while I was riding into town? Of the season. They they were few and far between. I thought Connor Hellebuck played well against the Flames. And Sean Monaghan gets a natural hat trick. Other than that, it was a full-on team loss. There was nobody was pulling on the rope against the Calgary Flames to Jim Toth. They left Vancouver and walked into Calgary. Um, they went into Calgary handing out $100 bills, and it chilled and it thrilled on the horns of their Silverado grills <laughs> until it didn't. Um, look, yeah, I. it is what it is. It's an absolute dud. Yep. Uh, I was wondering about it. I mean, they talked about it since Vancouver. Like, don't have a letdown against Calgary, the lowly Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them play that bad. It, it's, the system is. And then the yep. worst thing I think you can say about a hockey player is to call them soft. You can call them even lazy isn't as bad as soft. You can call them lazy. We've seen a lot of talented players come through the league and just not – Try very yeah. hard, um, effort wise. I think, but to say soft is, I think that's a. He was very polite about it, but a direct shot. And uh, we're going to hear Scott O'Neill's comments too. But in the second intermission, um, listening to six eighty CJOB, wow, uh, Scott O'Neill just uh, nailed it. That the middle of the ice was wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no defense. Um, that Paul first was, goal by Oliver Shillington. Yeah. That was a that sign is of that as was, soft as you can be on a defenseman rushing. And the turnovers, right? Oh, so, that was a sign of something to come. And how do you have turnovers? It's because you're playing soft. You're not getting to it. You're not doing things. I mean, Monaghan had that one in the skates, and, and I get it's in his skates, but you're in the National Hockey You have to do something with that other than nothing. Oh, and he doesn't get any help. Pionk had stood yeah. up, like standing still on the blue line. Pionk did not have a good game. Um, the Flames just rolling right Nobody past him. Nobody had a good him. game. It, I, he gave Monaghan credit for a good game, but I thought he had a couple lapses too. They they just didn't have it. And it's extremely disappointing because they came off arguably their best game mm-hmm. of the season in Vancouver. And I will say arguably Mark Shifley's best game of his career. Yeah, and here, Jim, when you go back, and, and I agree with you on the on the Vancouver Canucks thing, I hated every single goal against against the Cal- in, in that Flames game. Yeah. Those were all preventable goals where you shoot yourself in the foot on every single one of those. Bad defense. Um, well, so, soft. I mean, I, I got to use the word that you're using. I got a word that, that Rick Bonus says. And that is the worst thing a hockey player wants to hear. Is, and not, he didn't call players soft. They played soft. That's And that is, that is like the ultimate. It's tough to argue. Here was the comments. Now, this was Paul Edmonds uh, speaking to Scott O'Neill as well as Mitchell Clinton. Uh, they are a play-by-play team here on 680 CGOB. Paul Edmonds, voice of the Winnipeg Jets, color analyst uh, Mitchell Clint, in conversation with Scott O'Neill. Paul, 
um, asking Scott O'Neill his thoughts. So your thoughts on particularly that second period, Arnie? Uh, a lot like the first period. Both are really ugly. Um, just gave up way too many rush chances. Left the, <coughs> excuse me, left the middle of the ice wide open in our end of the rink. Uh, like I said, that was just, that's two periods of ugly hockey. And in terms of, I guess, what, what your defense are having to deal with in terms of the forecheck that the Calgary Flames are sending your way, what's kind of the, the priority one or, or the best way to start cleaning, breaking the puck out cleanly the way that you guys would like to see to have that speed coming up the ice and spend a little bit more time down well, there? Well, I don't know. I'm not so sure it is our breakouts. It had a lot to do with our rush chances against. Uh, they had three in the rush, four in the rush. Their D were coming. Um, the numbers that they had coming at us over our coming over our blue line was a big issue, and um, we weren't working hard enough to get back. And our gap wasn't great by our D. We allowed them inside the line, and once you get inside the line with possession, they're going to make plays, and they did. They they've been uh, they've been certainly been the better team. That's where it starts, Jim. It starts on the blue line in terms of defense and not allowing the team just to take over the middle of the ice. It's exactly what happened. Yeah, and I honestly, I don't think we have to break it down too much. Like it, I, I it is what it yeah. is. It was. Uh, it's. It's not like it happened for a period and then they got their game back or they started. Um, you know, it just they didn't. It was one of those games you didn't have it. It happens three to five times a year, I think, to very yeah. good teams where they just you know didn't show up and and um, no matter what they did, they couldn't get the the other disappointing part is is the natural hat trick by Sean Monahan, the first by the way in Jets one or two history. That somebody scored a natural hat trick in the no, first period. Oh, in the first period. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say. So I think um, Nick Ehlers and Line have had one. That, they've had, yeah, yeah, but just not in the first like that. But it was all power play, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so I just I felt that they just didn't have it all game, and as the game wore on, it just kept. You know, I don't know <laughs> I if it got worse because it wasn't very good at all. But oh. I don't think it's a game where we sit here and go. You know, the disappointing part is you got up three one, and then you think going into a second period you could do something. And, yeah. and if not, maybe the third period, and it just never really came around well, for you, them. I, I thought none of the goals were Hellebuck's fault. No, not a single one. And and I was I was thinking about this heading into the into the second period, and um, them being up three one, and what I was, what everybody, all the fans are witnessing on the ice over the course of that game, maybe even heading into the third. I was like, it was almost a bad thing that the Jets got up three one fairly early on in that game, yeah, because they they didn't they they stopped working. They 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 didn't have it for any point of that game. Um, but it really, really started to fall apart. Well, we're after getting that. texts here about Pionk, and I got messages about him. Mark, uh, right now, you guys have to mention Morrissey. He was on there for a couple of goals. Yeah, we don't have to. They were all bad. It's, it's, it's name me yeah. a player, Mark. You'll be better off to name me a player, and I'll tell you if they played good. Yeah, because none of the team played well. No. Um, on on Sunday afternoon in Calgary, it was a total team. Uh, nothing like they were. I, I thought Rick Bonus nailed it too. He goes, that's not Winnipeg Jets hockey, not even close. And we'll get back at it tonight. So we'll see. But um, you can in, individual, like I said, Pionk wasn't very good last night, but I mean, Pionk I thought was fantastic in Vancouver. Yeah. So that's the, like the, none of the team had it. And I don't know what more to say. If it was a game where, you know, the team was in and around it and this guy and that guy was just awful and cost them a couple things. I would say that I thought, just as a collective, they didn't play well at all. Is that one you just throw out, Jim? You just I is, think so, yeah. Is this one you just go or well, is this and especially coming off Vancouver Cam? I, I, I don't think you have to sit here and go, look, we've been playing like this for four games now, yeah. or or we can't be this awful again. We're not we're totally like last year, we're totally out of our system. You're not. The two days before you played the system to a T. And at the end of that game, that it was weird because special teams were winning it for the Jets. And Vancouver was winning the five-on-five play. But by the end of the regulation in Vancouver, the five-on-five play evened out. Yeah. 
I just thought it was a phenomenal win. And it also showed me that even losing the five-on-five play, this team can still win games. Mm -hmm. So to me, you know, again, if it was four or five in a row, if it was two players that had four awful turnovers that led to four goals, then yeah, I would. I just thought the whole team did not play well, save for Connor Hellebuck. Power play's got four goals in the last two games. It's on I, a heater. Yeah, it's on a heater. Um, Are we still firing everybody on the power play? Uh, well, I'll say two games uh, is nice, obviously. I think we need to see, see, to see some more consistency before yeah, I'm not we're, gonna, uh, we're, we're cheering this I made thing the joke. on here. It's, it's been due for some goals. There's no doubt about it. I made the joke yesterday it's on a heater, and then I said, well, it's warming up. Like, <laughs> I mean, I still think it's it's got to capitalize. If they get two or more power plays over the next three games, it's got to capitalize. And then yeah. if you put five games together where you have 11 power plays and you have six or seven goals, then it's – it's coming around. Yeah. Two goals uh, a game for two games is, I mean, the skies have opened compared to what it was, but it wasn't hard to get better. I, so I, this is yeah. a good thing. The, the big bonus out of that is the confidence that you build. The guys the guys that are going out there now, they've scored four times. I mean, that's a total flip in, in, in sort of the mental side of the game. Like yeah. You just scored four in the last two games. You're going over the boards. You're excited to get that opportunity when I, I don't think the team was feeling that three games ago. Well, and the reason you don't panic is look at Sean Monaghan now. Yeah. Like it was three games, four games without a point, and then um, just instrumental on the power play. Now, uh, we're going to get into this as we go on about lineup and and time. Yeah. I loved Rick Bonus's quote we're going to get to, and I won't even mention what it is, but I love yeah. what his quote that we're going to get to, and it's that time of the year, and we got to talk about some players. Yeah, no, definitely 100% there. Uh, Rick Bonus uh, tipping, well, Talking about some personnel changes coming up for the game tonight. Yeah, there's a game uh, against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, this was a game a lot of people had circled on their calendars here tonight at Canada Life Center. Personnel changes coming. Uh, did the coach elaborate? Did he tip his cap? Are we learning anything there? Well, we'll get to that on the other side following uh, news at 1230. But a baseball player says baseball isn't his top priority. Who would what? say something like that, Jim? Well, Only in baseball. We'll be well, right. an Alexander Degg. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that when we come back. My Silverado grill. And I buy the bar, double round the crown. And everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never gonna be the same. Cause I saddle up my Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, LA Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon. Uh, has been quoted as saying, of course, spring training, uh, most full squads reporting. Uh, I know the Chicago Cubs, uh, full squad reporting yesterday. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays was today. Everybody's in town for the Jays, so that's, we're planning the parade. That's this right. This is the year. They all, do you know what they got to do? You make my words, Cameron. The Jays, they just got to put it together. That's all they got to do. Like every other team in Major League Baseball, they feel good. They just got to put it together. They learn to play small ball. They got something. Ain't <laughs> The Angels, well, yeah, totally. Uh, Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon says baseball has, quote, never been a top priority for me, end quote, and that he plays the sport to make a living, end quote. Now, this isn't anything we have knew about Anthony Rendon. We knew this before him, uh, before about him. This was before he was signed to that massive seven-year, $35 million deal uh, with the LA Angels coming off uh, his time spent with the Washington Nationals, where he was a fantastic player. But back in 2007, Rendon, before signing with the Angels, said, obviously I want to win. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's a game, and that's what I'm going to treat it as. 
Here's my issue with that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and beleaguer somebody or trash a guy um, for not living for his sport, right? I mean, a guy that puts family and his faith, as he says, ahead of that, I'm, I'm not going to go up against that. But he hasn't played more than 58 games, Jim, in any of the four seasons he's played with the Angels because of injury. He's being paid $35 million a year since signing with the LA. He's done jack on that team. So, yeah, family and faith are important, but you're collecting $35 million per year from the LA Angels organization. That better be a da- it better be your damn top priority. Yeah, it's it's annoying to fans. Um and Anthony Rendon is super talented. I have no problem with family and faith coming first. But if family and faith are okay, are they all right? Like, are you struggling with your faith? I don't think so. I think your family's perfectly healthy and good. Then you better care about yeah. baseball. Yeah. Or else don't play. There's plenty of independent leagues around that you can play in. These are just self-inflicted wounds, Jim. And you know, I blame Mike Trout. He allows this sort of mediocrity to exist. I don't know. I'm Poor gonna, Mike Trout. I don't feel sorry for him anymore. You should get the heck out of there. Now Otani's left. Trout's just going to... Trout is going to he's going to win five or six MVPs in his career and he's not going to win a he's not going to win a playoff series. I think he's I think he's going to get out of there. I don't think he's going to retire an Angel. Personnel changes coming to the Jets is the coach tipping his hat. We'll let you know on the other side. But if you try sometime, it just might find. You get what you need. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. It is a bluebird day in the city of Winnipeg. Sunny conditions out there, wind up to 15 kilometers an hour. We are expecting to get up to the freezing mark in terms of the temperature this afternoon, although the wind chill is around minus 10 right now. Cloud cover starts to roll in tonight. Light winds, low of minus 10, wind chill around minus 15 as we head into our Wednesday. Mix of sun and cloud there, high of minus 3. Thursday, sunny again and a high of minus one. Right now it is minus six at 680 CJOB. Let's get you back over to a game day edition of Jets at Noon. Well, it's a bluebird day out there. There's also bluebirds coalescing in Florida. Grapefruit League action getting going on Saturday. The Jets welcoming, uh, the Jays welcoming the Phillies. Hollywood Peters, what's your forecast for the Jays? That was just a silky smooth until I Segway, said the Jets by, instead yeah. of Jays. Yeah. What's, what's your forecast kind of for the Blue Jays this year? Uh, I think the Blue Jays are in a very similar position to the Winnipeg Jets uh, because they are a team that had a lot of players underperform to their standard the year before, didn't make a lot of changes, although people were calling for it uh, over the off season. Uh, and there might be still a move to make yet, like a guy like Cody Bellinger's out there. But I do think Matt if... Matt Chapman's still waiting for yeah, a deal. Yeah, I mean, and, and those the numbers keep getting driven down, you would presume, on these free agents. Like, we're we're in spring training now. So, um, but, he, you know, even if the, this is their roster, I, they have a top three pitching staff in, in the MLB. And uh, as long as that doesn't regress and, and the guys with the bats play a little bit better, I mean, it's a playoff team and just hope to God they can win a playoff game. That'd be nice. <laughs> It's all just got to come together. Alec Manoa looks not, good. He looks like, like he's in a good spirit. Big Puma, man. He, he looks motivated. Just trimmed down. Yeah. They're not like the Jets. They're like the Leafs. Just win a playoff round. No. I'd... They're exactly like the Leafs. They're very top-heavy. They don't do a lot of the 
fundamentals well. The Jays they, can they defend. They just score though. a ton of runs. The Leafs can't defend. Wow, that's true. Thanks, Peters. Interesting. Thanks, Peters. Yeah, cheers, boys. Yeah, Winnipeg Jets hosting. Tomorrow we'll do your Cubs. Yeah, we'll do the Cubs. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go on. i got lots of opinions about the Cubs. I don't think they should go after Bellinger. I think they got to wait and see what they have internally before Save they go and hand out big cash. We're not talking Cubs on a game day. Minnesota Wild. Take it easy, uh, Take it on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, 204-780-6868. Pre-game shows at 5. Uh, puck drop is at 7 right here on 680-CJOB. Um, the coach. Talking about some personnel changes. Uh, this was from Mitchell Clinton, our radio color analyst here on 680CJOB. He uh, put out on X. Rick Bonus said there will be some personnel changes for the Winnipeg Jets tonight, but wouldn't elaborate. Laurent Brassois starts against Minnesota. Um, so what does that mean, Jim told? No elaboration. Logan Stanley, Rasmus Kupari, David Gustafson, healthy scratches. Well, he referenced personnel changes, not line changes. Yes. So it's not like somebody's going up and down in this combination. It sounds like somebody or two are coming in and one or two are going out. I think Logan Stanley's going to play tonight. I think so, yep. Uh, I'll be very interested to see who for. Um, it could be Nate Schmidt. It could be Neil Pionk. I wonder if this is a time that Rick Bonus wants to send a message. Is Cole Perfetti going to be sit down? Nate Schmidt um, was sat earlier in the season, healthy scratched, and out for a couple of games because the team kept winning. Last, I last wonder, year, too. I, I, look, there is a fever around coaches in February. And the fever is, and I talked a little bit about this when I uh, was lucky enough to join Kelly Moore and crew in the pre and the post game Saturday for Vancouver. Coaches want to get the good habits in now. They know that if you wait till the end of March, beginning of April, how you're playing, that's how you're going to play in the playoffs. They want to get that out. That's why I think Nick Ehlers was dropped to the fourth line against San Jose last Wednesday. He did something that Coach Bonus has probably talked to him about and said no more, and something happened. That's just my guess. I don't know that. Yeah. Um, so tonight I wonder if, you know, look, Neil Pionk wasn't very good. Um I think he's a veteran. I think he's a guy that you could sit down and bring set. Now, I'm not saying that's happening. I'm just, it could be as yeah. simple as Stanley's in for Schmidt. Gustafson comes in for somebody. But um, I have my eye on who I think they need more from. And it starts with Cole Perfetti. Yeah. They really need Cole Perfetti. Now, the thing with Cole Perfetti is he went down the last two years in February. Once was around the middle and once was around the end. When hockey gets harder. Mm-hmm. When hockey gets tougher to play. And when you start getting into your playoff mode for the next month to six weeks, he hasn't been around for that in his career. So I think we're seeing that. I thought in Vancouver, he was a problem. And a problem in the fact that, I don't know if engaged is the right word, but there was one play where he put the puck in the zone and just stood still along the boards, and a guy absolutely hammered him into the boards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this that's not, it's not, week two of the regular season. You put a puck in and then you go do something. Either get off or something. You don't just sort of glide along and get hammered. It's And I mentioned it last week too, and I'm going to mention it again this week. It's the one-on-one battles he's losing. He's along losing a the lot boards. of one-on-one battles. He's not retrieving a lot of pucks. He's, he's turning some over. It's all that. It's all that. And you know what? I, and, I, and I think, and we'll wait and see what happens. There's, you know, when, when of course, Kelly Moore will be all over that here on 680 CJOB with the 5 o'clock pregame show. I think it's time the Winnipeg Jets and, and the coaching staff. I I wouldn't be against if they had come to the if they'd come to the conclusion that heading into this game that Cole Perfetti is going to be a healthy scratch. Not for any reason to keep him away, 
um, uh, from from Ryan Hartman and all that nonsense. That that's nothing to do with anything. Um, but for the reason that he needs to be better, and it might be in his best interest for him to sit this game. Well, I I do the opposite because of the Ryan Hartman. I put him in this game because this is stuff that happens in playoffs. You get into a seven game series and you go into game five or six, and you've been dealing with this so and so for how many games now? You have to learn to fight through this stuff and play better. So I don't I don't I I agree with you. If it, if he did get sad for a game, I don't think it'd be detrimental to him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you do it at this point. Um, there's two more things I want to talk about. One is the the clip from bonus, and the other one is so I'll address the Vancouver game first. Yeah, I heard a lot from people on the Myers goal that Kyle Connor gave up on that play. Stop saying that. That pass never should have been made. Mm-hmm. Kyle Connor has been much better at not leaving the zone and retrieving things. He's out of the zone and comes back. He doesn't think Myers is going to do anything with it. That play is not on Kyle Connor whatsoever. That is a Gabe Velarde huge mistake. It's a behind the back seam pass from wall to wall in your own end. It's going to get picked off every time. Velarde said that in the post game. Mm-hmm. I can't make a play like that. So to blame somebody else for not back-checking on a horrific turnover hard enough, I don't get that. He also, Connor was back-checking, and then Myers went around a guy. Nobody's talking about the guy who got lit up getting going around for the backhand. It's the, just, to me, I just find a way, sometimes when you want to vilify a player, you yeah. find ways to do it. That's finding a way to do it. Well, it was 100%. Is Kyle Connor perfect there. defensively? No. Do you want to? Harp on him when he makes a bad defensive play. Go right ahead. It's a behind-the-back blind seam pass from wall to wall in your own end. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the back check. It has everything to do with you can't make that pass. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into the bonus thing. Okay. Now, and just to go, just to lead into the Gabe Velarde, it wasn't very long ago that we were sitting here and Gabe Velarde was in the doghouse. For the plays, he was getting dropped down. Yeah. He wasn't playing with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, right? So here is so, but he was producing. Jim, he has a great game against Vancouver. He scores twice, gets gets in on the on the forecheck, assisting, makes a blatant mistake, huge mistake that ends up in the back of their net. But he balances it out with scoring. He gets one that big one on the power play, and then scores again uh, to make the game uh, three two. Now. Heading into the game, after the Vancouver Canucks game, heading into the pregame against the Flames, Nick Ehlers and Cole Perfetti did not see a lot of the ice against Vancouver, particularly as that game went along. Ehlers had 12 minutes and 10 seconds. Perfetti had 10 minutes and 52 seconds against the Vancouver Canucks. Here was Rick Bonus um, in the pregame yesterday against the Flames. Well, right now they're spending way too much time in our zone. And they are. Uh, and so their puck management is going to have to get a lot better. And they're going to have to generate some offense, which they're not doing on a consistent basis right now. If there's one or two rushes a game. That's not enough. So I think uh, if they can manage the puck a lot better going through the neutral zone, then they're going to spend less time in their zone. And they're going to create more offense. But right now it's the exact opposite. They're way too much time in our zone. And they're just not generating enough. So we... Uh, 
met with them this morning and went over a couple of things and we're hoping to get them back up where they belong in terms of minutes but that's going to be up to them like we're past the point of just giving guys ice time it's you, you got, you, we'll give you the ice time but now you got to work hard and to maintain it like we got 30 games to go we you know we're we're making a big push here so um Again, early in the year, you give them lots of time to work them right through it. Right now, we, they know the expectations we have, and we expect them to live up to them. Now, Jim, I, I love Nick Ehlers as a player. When he is on his game, he is so dynamic, and he is the he's one of the few guys on the Winnipeg Jets that has the ability to take a game over. There's this narrative that surrounds Nick Ehlers, that he is the whipping boy of the coaching staff. He's the whipping boy of the Three organization. Three coaching staffs now. He's There's the, a narrative that he's three coaches all hate him now. He is the hard done by member of the Winnipeg Jets. There's this narrative around him um, that's been going on for for years now, right? I'll say this: if Nick was the absolute all star, and he is a very very good player, and the Winnipeg Jets desperately need him to be on his game, particularly when the playoffs get going, and that's what this is all about, Jim, is getting him on his game. If, if he was that dominant as it is suggested that he is, which he can be, but he definitely makes lots of mistakes on the ice sometimes that are detrimental to the team, then why haven't we seen that dominance over the last eight games where he has one assist? Why isn't he taking that second line to the next level? If it is because if he is... Because of what Coach just said, he's in his own end too much. So he so Nick Nick Ehlers can only produce when he's playing with Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele. So that's well, so if he's not playing with those guys, well, that's a coaching mis- that's a coaching mistake, right? They're not putting him in the best place to succeed. But why doesn't he? Why can't he then produce at that same level? Like I just don't understand that this narrative around it. That, so because that, Nick is so good, he goes down to the second line because he's that good. For everybody who keeps screaming, he's that good. They have a dominant top line with Connor Shifley Ehlers. You need more than one line. Yeah. And not Lowry's line. You need more than one line that can consistently score. You need two lines that can consistently score and a third line like Lowry's line that can add in some stuff and check. You can't have a loaded up top line and this second line that's not doing anything. So I don't think it's a demotion. I think it's Nick. We need you to get these guys going. We need you to play with Monaghan and Perfetti and get them going. But the other thing is... Nick has these games, and I, Nick's not only a great player, he's a great teammate, he's a great person. Yeah. But in Vancouver, he was hemmed in his own end for close to a minute. They finally get the puck out. He has it. He gets to center within two feet of center, and he puts a shot on net. He misses the net, and it's an icing. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Those are things that why bonus moves him down to the fourth line in the third period. And for everyone who's going to scream at the radio right now and go, well, Kyle Connor's not very strong on the boards and Kyle Connor has turnovers. Kyle Connor also produces. If Nick produces, he'll stay and get more ice time. The difference between Connor and Ehlers and their turnovers and their lack of their icings and all that is that Kyle Connor produces points. Heroes bones today. Uh, leading up to the game against the Wild, when he was asked, is there a disconnect with Ehlers on the top line? It looks not really so much a, a disconnect. It's just we're just trying to get the balance with the two lines. That's really what it comes down to. Um, they want to get two lines. You know, Casey and Mark have had a history of playing together a long time. Um, 
So, you know, you can look at the analytics and, and that, that's right. But that that game, that line won us the game in Vancouver. So you see those things as well. Um, so there's no disconnect. It's just a matter of us trying to balance things out a little bit better. He's not being demoted. Is, is it a trust issue then with Nick? Like, what is it? That keeps him off there. Like I'm just like I'm looking, or maybe your internal numbers are different. Well, yeah, well, you, you know, again, I don't. You can't hide behind analytics. There's a lot of other parts to the game that you have to see. So the easy thing is to hide behind that. But there's a whole lot of other parts of the components of this game that play into fact for every player. So um, I, I know that's an, always an option. We always talk about that as an option, uh, and you may see that again very soon. We'll see what happens down the road, but um, we're, we're coming off of a, it, it's game to game, and we're coming off of the, one of the best games we played in Vancouver. That line won the game for us, and we'll see where it goes from there. It's about balance. The Winnipeg Jets want Nick Ehlers to take yes. that dominant game and bring it to that second line, get Perfetti going, play with Sean Monaghan, learn that. That's what they want. That's why he's there. It's all about pairs. When you think of lines, there's always one person that's going to move up and down and two guys that stay together that work. Now, the second line is a work in progress right now. But Connor Shifley, think of Shifley Wheeler. And for every time people screamed about their defensive play, they also produced when they got put back together over and over and over. They want Connor and Shifley for the obvious reasons in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And they want Ehlers to catch fire with somebody in the, to have a balanced lineup. It's not always a demotion, in my opinion. Are the Winnipeg Jets circling Ryan Hartman's name on the boards? Taking that cheap shot on Cole Perfetti? And then caught on tape, allegedly? Are they circling his name on the boards? I'll tell you when we get back. Jets at noon on 6-8-CJOB. All teams circle players on a board like for their 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 offensive capability and stuff but a player like ryan hartman who who likes to agitate and stir things up is he circled on the board in a different way that you, you really expect me to board? answer that Sorry? do you really expect me to answer that he plays the game hard he's a good player hartman you want to talk hartman hartman I like I I mean who doesn't like John Lou? He's a great guy. Fantastic. But I, I kind of chuckle at that because is is Rick gonna go? Well, you know what? Yeah, we put his name right on the board. I circled it three times, um, and I wrote this under it. And a couple guys put some cash underneath his name. And like, <laughs> I mean, that's funny from Rick Bonus. It, it but to John Lou's point, it's gonna happen tonight. It is what it is. Yeah. I wonder. I, I wonder if it's at the start. I wonder if two teams are worried about getting the win first. Um, Lowry and Maroon went at it the last game in Minnesota right from the puck drop. I Look, if I'm Minnesota, I start Hartman tonight and I let the Jets counter with their line and get it over with. Yeah, no, that's that's how you handle these sort of things unless you want to just... But it's it. interesting when we hear lineup changes. I The more I think about this, I leave Perfetti in this game for that reason. And it's uh, not a like throw him to the wolves reason yeah. or anything like that. It's just, and I would think Cole wants to play in this game. I think Cole's like, this is a great game for me to produce and sta- sta- step up and stand out. And this is a big game for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, every game from the, I mean, they're right into crunch time. They're two points out of a playoff spot. 
Uh, the Winnipeg Jets really starting to separate themselves. Uh, they're 11 points up on fourth place, St. Louis, in the Central Division. So the Central really not turning out to be much of a race down the stretch here. It's more of a race to see who can come out on top between Dallas, Colorado, um, and the Winnipeg Jets. And that insane game yesterday, uh, scoring seven in the third period. Um, what was it? Five goals in the first five minutes or so uh, of that game to come back and beat the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so uh, back half of back to back for both teams. Uh, Winnipeg coming from Calgary, but um, and and the Canucks coming from I mean uh, the, the the Wild coming from uh, from Minnesota. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. And then it's sort of a John Hines approach to this, other than Dean Evason. Um, so uh, I, I think it was Dean Evison. I think I think you might not see them go out there in the first line, and it, things kind of happen over the course of the game. Well, I think the focus tonight is on the Jets. I think that soft five on five play um, comment, and then the way they actually play and comes any, to the any forefront doubt they tonight. respond. Any doubt they respond tonight? Um, no, I I think they come back and play great. Yeah, I think they have a great game tonight. I think they do play great. I think Minnesota's flying high too after putting up ten, but they gave up seven, right? <laughs> yeah, they still gave um, up seven goals. The Jets have won the first two games of this. Minnesota doesn't like Winnipeg. Winnipeg doesn't like Minnesota. The rivalry's coming. Laurent Brassois will get the start tonight. That was interesting to me. Mm. I thought maybe Brassois would get the Calgary game. Yeah, and this is a division game. I and I. That's interesting to me. Sticking to the process. For everybody who thinks that I just side with the coach all the time, I don't. I, I would have started Brassois in Calgary and had Hellebuck play at home here and given him that after the great play in Vancouver the day off. Afternoon game, though. Hellebuck likes those I afternoon know. games. He doesn't like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't his he fault was, yesterday at he all. He was hung out to dry, absolutely. Anyways, pregame Should show. Should be a great game. Pre-game show gets going at five. Puck drop at seven. This is it. This is an aw- This is this is this is why we do what we do, Jim Toth. This is why we love the game of hockey. The Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild tonight at Canada Life Center. That's this is the reason. This is the reason we get out of bed every day. Well, that and I got to feed my is. three-year-old. That's it. That's if it. Wasn't for the three-year-old or this game, I wouldn't be up yet. This game, that's three, right. feeding a three-year-old. I don't know. The, 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 you know what? Somebody's going to get fed just tonight. A, you know, in the words of Anthony Rendon of the LA Angels, this is just a job to me. You know, taking care of my kid is not really my top priority. It's hockey. It's games like tonight. Thank you very much. As long as your family and faith are fine. <laughs> Tyson, your wiki. Anthony. Thanks so much for producing the show today. Jim told to take all the way to 3 o'clock. That's it for me. Back soon. No more. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.